hey, all right, we're done with work. It's time for me to go hit the bar to neglect my family. Ha ha, jokey, jokey. And I was like, man, that's not any of the life I want. I don't, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be like that. Welcome to the Business of Parenting podcast. Tune in as we discuss the principles of successful parenting as a business professional. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of BOP, the Business of Parenting podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest with me who's soon going to be a neighbor of mine. Well, actually, okay, a relatively close neighbor of mine, but I have the one, the only, Mr. Lou Ramirez with me. Lou, what's up? How you doing, man? What's going on, Jason? Excited to be here. Excited to be on your show again. I love getting an interview with you. You always do it in a cool way, have, cool subject. Because we have and fun. Excited. We have fun. Yeah. We're passionate people, right? We just yeah. like we like talking. It's not because we just like listening, this, hearing the sound of our own voices. We just legitimately just like you know processing like things outside. Voices. Yes, yeah. we just want to process things outside of our heads. So the, the, look, this is a fun podcast. It's a relatively new series for us, right? Um, but you know, I, I look. I, I'm no parenting expert. I'm just going to say that right out of the gate. I'm definitely not a parenting. If I'm an expert, at anything is probably at just making a bunch of mistakes. Um, but 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 I just think it's cool to kind of have this kind of open dialogue discussion around the business that is parenting, you know, we got a chance to talk a little bit before we started recording today, um, you know, is how I kind of came to this kind of business model, because that's just kind of how my head works. And there's so many similarities between the business of parenting and the businesses we run. So I'm so excited to have you today. And I'm looking forward to really diving into some cool topics. We've got some cool topics. But before we get into our topics, for everybody that's watching and listening right now, maybe don't know who you are and what you do for a living and how many kids you got. Let's start with a little story that is Lou. Okay. All right. Well, I am Lou Ramirez. I go by the car guy, uh, one of the hosts of the car guy coffee podcast and uh, creators of the certified solutionaries. That's the agency that we run. Uh, Fred Lenartz and I, the subprime hero himself. Uh, you probably had another interview with him about the same exact subject. Oh, yes. That was fun. Uh, but we are podcasters that are also car guy consultants. We uh, jump into many different dealerships all throughout the nation to help tweak, fix, and train them up to get to the next level that they want to get to. That's what I do on a professional level, but my most important job is husband. And then after that, it's daddy. And I am a dad to four. Um, and then I have my doodle and my grand doodle. Uh, so I'm a doodle dad, doodle dads unite. Yes. I'm excited uh, to be in this next phase of life. But I have, I've raised uh, four incredible, incredible kids. Well, I, I should say my wife really raised us all. Yeah. Um, but uh, they, uh, I have a 26-year-old who's serving in the Air Force. I have a 23-year-old who's going to school in Bowling Green. I have a 20-year-old who's about to be 21 who's about to have a baby. Wow. Um, well, actually, she's going to have a baby in December. That's and exciting. I have a son going to college for to, to as a running back at Dort University in Iowa, and he's uh, 19 years old. But, yes, I am uh, – I am a proud papa, and uh, the the most important thing that I do is make sure that they have what they need uh, to just carry out this legacy. Uh, man, I mean, look, you have a small platoon of, <laughs> of kids, and um, wow, I mean, they're just at that age. You know, it's it's so funny, you know, because I've had a chance to do many of these podcasts now, and it's fun to talk to parents in uh, where their kids are in different life stages. 
you know, mm. and it's like, well, you know, it's like one's in the Air Force, another one's playing ball, another one's got a kid on the way. Like, it just, like, I, I can't fathom that. See, I can't process that yet, right? You know, mine are seven, nine, and 11, and I'm just going, oh, wow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting when those days come, right? Like, and, and you, maybe those, the days I'm going through are a distant memory for you. Oh, no. Because <laughs> so many times when looking at them, you still think of them in that way. You yes. still see them in that way and then there's the let me back up and say wait a minute you're living on the other side of the world without me you probably know a thing or two now you figured something out and maybe i don't we don't need to dad you the same way or mom you the same way um but uh the, it, it's it's very interesting getting to these different stages and learning how to dad at them um the, the thing that i love most is that there's the transition of we're becoming more friends and i've always had a yeah. friendly relationship with my kids, but there's more of the time where, okay, I can say things to you now that you really get, that you really understand. Well, because you, you, you connect at a different level, right? You know, like, yes. like right now I'm trying to not just connect with my kids at a kid's level, but I'm also trying to connect them at a little, a little human level, um, you know, and I'm kind of looking forward to connecting them the way that you are, because, you know, uh, I kind of connected to my parents in a similar way, you know, when I was probably in my twenties and stuff like that. So Hey, but anyways, let's let's get it, let's get into some of our topics. That that is actually a topic that we're going to touch a little later on, so we'll kind of we'll come back to it. But our first topic, and I love this topic by the way, is uh, not just presence, presence. And um, you know, it's so funny when when you when you sent over these topics, I was uh, I was gonna I was chewing on them a little bit, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm, this one tastes pretty good. And I, I get, something that kind of came to my mind when I saw this topic was is I was at a I was at a restaurant the other night. Um, I like eating out. My wife, not so much, but I enjoy eating out. I like I doing it. that, right? I do. And so we're at, we're at one of our local, you know, favorite spots and, and I'm looking around and I noticed like, I would say like 75% of the entire restaurant is face deep in a device like this, it's a phone or an iPad or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. I was just like going, I wonder, and, and some people, I'm actually was very impressed. They actually had like phone in one hand while eating with the <laughs> other. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like I can't do that. I can't. ignoring everybody at the table. Yeah, so, they're not even there. Thanks. So they're not. They're not presents, right? They're not definitely present. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So give me kind of your take on the difference between kind of not just a present, but presence and what the importance is. Well, as uh, most of you all do know, you know, in the auto industry, we do make good money. There's yes. there's a great access uh, to funds, to resources. And what often has been the trade-off that we would do, and I, I'm guilty of it as well, especially in my earlier car guy days, is I'm going to get you a big present that's mm-hmm. going to, or should, I hope it would, make up for the lack of my presence or the lack of me being here. So we would shower them with gifts and say, oh, I gave you with this, I gave you with that, I gave you a, an, one, another one of these. But the only thing that my kids ever wanted was me, was me to physically be there. And when I'm there, to be there, right? Not to just be thinking of, oh, I have this other thing going on, let me have my head inside of that. Let me be wrapped up in my phone uh, when, when we didn't have such smartphones. And then when we did have smartphones, let me not be that dad sitting at the table that's mm-hmm. more worried about what's happening at the car lot that I'm not at than what's happening at the table with the family that's most valuable to me. That's the only reason why I go to the car lot to begin with, right? And so the idea of 
I want to make sure that we make presence a priority over presence is important. It's the same thing inside of my faith. I would much prefer having a relationship with my God than just having his hand and all the good stuff that comes with that. Oh, um, and in, in the same regard, same thing with my kids. I understood that giving them great things because I'm a, I'm a loving father would make me feel good and make them feel great. The most important, the most valuable asset that I had mm-hmm. for them was me physically being present instead of showering them with gifts. Well, it, it is something that they get a lot more um, lifelong value, you know, from, right? There, there, there's a term we like using in the industry, in our automotive industry, lifelong value. What is the lifetime value of what this <laughs> transaction is, right? But, uh, but to your yeah. point, right? I mean, you know, like when I think about, you know, um, you're right, like, Presence is definitely something, you know, trips, um, yeah, experiences, you know, experiences and stuff like that. And, and, and so like, there's a difference between, you know, I was talking, uh, presence versus, you know, I still like giving presents, but it. I understand that yes, there's like, but it can't be in lieu of that's what, that's what it right. is. Right. Like it, it can't, you can't do one. All right. And not expect to do the other. It's like they're almost in two entirely different categories, you know. Uh, but you know, being present, you know, in the moment is one thing. Um, I find that this kind of goes into a little bit about like work-life balance, right? Because like, how can we kind of manage that? And I think there's there's this pressure to you know you're so present at your business that you also need to be equally as present, you know, at in with your parenting which then it kind of becomes like this time exchange. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. if I'm spending 40 hours over here, I better be spending 40 hours over there. But we know that's not necessarily true. There was a book right. I was recently I was recently listening to called Deep Work, right? And it's not a, a, qual, a quantity as much as a quality. Yes. Right? And I just think like, but how do we kind of maintain that mindset of quality, not necessarily quantity, right? Because it's easy sometimes just to show up. You know what I mean? Like I showed up to the game. I came to the recital. I was there. Right? What? I was there. Yeah. Like but you missed the touchdown and you missed the, the goal, <laughs> right? Why? Because you were trapped in your phone, right? I've, yeah. I've again, I've been learned this it. a lot yeah. the hard way. Didn't have many uh, great examples to me in life on parenting. And in the car business, I sure as heck didn't have somebody that told us, hey, make your family a priority. As a matter of fact, one of my first managers made it more of a point to highlight in jest. Hey, all right, we're done with work. It's time for me to go hit the bar to neglect my family. Ha ha, jokey, jokey. And I was like, man, that's not any of the life I want. I don't, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be like that. I don't want my family to think that. Um, I, I came out of the military staying here in Kentucky because I wanted to be more present with my family. I didn't want to be shipped away where I didn't get to see them for months on end. Um, again or anymore so mm-hmm. making sure that they are a priority was always the thing to say hey look no matter how much time it is that i'm away from away from you at work while i'm at work i'm only there because you are my priority so making sure that i was getting the best work done while at work because of what i was attached to at home was important but then also making sure that yes you can trading 40 to 40 it isn't the same 40 hours with my kids is different than 40 hours on the grind doing work but making sure that they were a priority and that they knew that that they had their individual time together that they did have their their 
time where we had the chance to just find out what's going on with them alone. Those individual rides to school, mm-hmm. the individual meals, the showing up at lunch for them at the school when it's time or taking them from school uh, to go have lunch or being, you know, at a certain, you know, basketball or football game with them, making the priorities uh, more about what I'm actually working for. Cause at the end of every day, I was only working to provide a better life for my family and to try to set them up for success. Uh, so what I didn't want to do was lose the many, many, many years, uh, that, that I spent in the dealership only because I didn't make them a priority when I left the store. Exactly. Um, the good thing is, is that I'm crazy <laughs> high energy and for the most part. So I yes, didn't sleep well, much anyway. Like, you did, I was going to say, do you sleep at all? Is it just, was that about 37 minutes a day? Is that what it is? <laughs> it's like four hours. Four hours. There we go. Um, but, but, but no, like, I love the fact that you bring up, you know, the drives to work, to school or, you know, the, the drives back, you know, the, those are, those are hacks. You know, I think it's for, it is difficult for a lot of people with just the, the pressures of the world and the stresses of the world. And just, it is, it's, sensory overload our entire you know social media I mean, just think of that right just it is just sensory overload but you know i think if, if, if the goal to in your business of parenting is to be present you can hack it you know kind of like i was talking earlier about those scheduled friday breakfasts i had with the kids like it's intentionality that generates presence i love it i love it okay let's let's move to this next topic because I, I love this we got a good good train of thought going uh, to dream or not to dream <laughs> like I love this, that is right? A question. <laughs> like, yeah. is the question. Well, because look, our kids, and I'm thinking of my kids at their age, right? Like it's so important to encourage them to dream and to dream big. But then at the same time, I must be realistic in saying, like, if that is what you want to do, this is what you're gonna need to do to get there. Right. So it's like it's it's a fine balance. You don't just want to let your kids dream, you also want to let them know what it takes to it fulfill that dream you've got i got a perfect example of this oh my goodness the uh there's so much in in the different layers from my oldest son uh to my youngest son uh one thing that was broken off of me very easily was the whole uh adopting that the education system is the best way for us to find our way in life um i gotta say that as a as a young man i was way more of a dreamer than a person that was, you know, knowing, you know, lock in step, which way I wanted to go and do things in life. I wanted to be an artist, mm-hmm. uh, more of, of, of a musician or of a producer in, in that realm. And then kids showed up and then it's get a job and something that your children can be proud of you of. But when starting to release them into the, into the things that they want to dream about, it's, Hey, what do you really truly have a heart that's bent toward that you're bent towards in your heart? What do we got to do to get you to do that? Does it mean you need to go to school? Does that mean you need to join the military? Does that mean you need to, you know, go become a nurse? Mm-hmm. Uh, my nurse, my my one of my daughters is a, is a CNA right now, still working on a degree to become a nurse um, for uh, as a NICU nurse. That's a passion of her heart. She's cool. the the mother hen of the bunch. Um, my other daughter wants to be a social worker. We, we do a lot of uh, help inside of the foster community locally and, and across the, the, the area. And that's built up a, a lean in her heart to say, hey, I want to jump in with these kids because they need to know what being loved is like. They need to see what good family life is like. And they need to be good social workers out there. Um, and I wanna, I'm passionate about that. That's a, that's a rigorous 
training and, and schooling that it takes to jump into that field and her heart's bent towards yes. it. Not saying that she's the greatest of students. That's not her strong suit. She probably got that from her daddy um, <laughs> on the colleging side of it. Uh, but she, uh, but she understands this is a gateway she's got to get to, to a dream that she has to take care of these young people. And then I have a young, my youngest son who is going to college right now in an area where even this dad said, ah, you may want to rethink that a little bit. Uh, he said that he wanted to be a football player and you know, I'm, I'm five foot, almost seven and you know, never, never been a big, big person. If anything, um, I've always was a little Lou. Right. And, and I mm-hmm. tried to tell my son, he said, I'm going to be in football and I'm going to be a running back. And I'm going to do these things. And I was like, man, son, Ah, if there's one thing your dad didn't give you, it's size, okay? You're not going to be very tall. We might have big feet and big hands, but that's about as far as it goes. Um, big hearts too, right? Yes. Uh, but he then said, okay, well, what do I have to do to get this to become real? And I said, I mean, you you would really have to pack on mass. You would have to pack on muscle, strength. You would have to increase your speed. So we took him to the right uh, trainer who then was a CrossFit uh, trainer also owns a couple gyms, great friends of ours. Um, that completely changed his world. He learned how to eat the right stuff and a lot of it and disciplined himself into it until eventually he built himself up to becoming a scholarship athlete for a college. Um, but that's also in conjunction with what he wants to do as a career. He wants to be a, an actual builder. So he's mm-hmm. going to school for engineering and he's a running back that I almost got in his way until saying, hey, let, let's, let me stop saying what it is that limits me. You're completely different. If you really want to do it, go ahead and put the work behind it, and let's see what happens uh, as you start pushing forward. And, and my goodness, the kid did it. My the oldest son wanted to see the world. He wanted to see the whole world. And he Guess figured, he figured out how to do that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he's in – uh, he's on Okinawa Island right now. He's in wow. Kadena, Japan, um, serving in the Air Force. That's amazing. Right? And, and so in that, he, he's gotten to see so much of the world that I have yet to see. I want to go see. Uh, but he's getting the chance to do that. But he loves well, he loves working on, on aircrafts. For, 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 for any of your kids to be able to achieve those is, is something I call dream mapping. All right? I think, think, think look, I think for us as parents, it is... Um, we don't do it intentionally. We don't. But we're also byproducts of, of our parenting that we received, you know. And, you know, I'm not going to say that you know, it could be a generational thing, all right? Dreaming, dreaming big definitely, you know, was probably not a part of certain generations. So I think it kind of just depends on how your parents were parented and how your parents' parents were parented. That is just like you never dreamed big, you know. And I do find like we're getting into this generation now where uh, they do dream big. They all dream big, you know, and they're kind of encouraged. They're they're in an environment where, you know, they can access the entire world, all right? So they're dreaming big. But what I find is that we allow that, and which is great. It's amazing stuff. But I think as parents and the business of parenting, this is me kind of putting my, you know, my, my manager hat on, is it's like, okay, let's map that out. Right. Let's let's map that dream out. And that's what you did. That's what you did. Your youngest wanted to go play football. It's like, okay, here's what that's going to look like. You know, know, we'll invest in it. It's amazing what happens with them when you make the investment in them saying, listen, I'm going to pay for this 
because I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's up to you to honor it because, and that was, I didn't want to get stuck in the trap of my kids going to school. I'm paying for it. They don't really even want to do this. They're just making me happy. Well, that's a waste of my money too. You know, I don't want that. I want them to do what it is that's fulfilling them. Otherwise, they're not fulfilled as people. And ultimately, we got to a, a spot in life where, yes, we, we've we had great working history behind us. And you can tell everybody right now, you can say, well, look at this generation. They don't know what working looks like. And I'm sure every generation before, before us said the same said thing. The same thing. 100%. Right? But... The thing is, is that they are at a spot where the the opportunity is even more limitless than it's ever been before. And if our true goal was to set our kids up for better lives than what we've had, then we have to make sure that we at least sowed into them the the belief that they got to open up that envelope. They got to stretch the dream a little bit. They got to reach further than what they see, Um, because if anybody's going to do it, it's not going to be the generation behind them they're going to have to pave the way. And, and, and understanding that breaking that model of you have to go to college just to not just to check the block. I wanted to break that from them because it didn't work for me. No, no. And it didn't work for many people I know, especially in the auto industry. No. And and look, that actually is a perfect segue kind of into our next topic around failing forward, right? It's one thing to map out that dream and understand that, you know, this is what it's going to take. But it's another thing to, you know, understand that the dream, you're not going to execute that map 100%. You know, right. it's like just because you mapped it out doesn't necessarily generate success. And we're going to fail. All right. There's going to be many, many times that we're going to fail, but we have to fail forward. All right. But I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on how we, you know, kind of develop that mindset about failing forward with our children. Oh, absolutely. So, so making sure that we did talk to them about who they are. Uh, it, it's one thing for a, a, a young person, your child, anybody uh, to, to fear failing. It's an, and it's another thing for them to be in a posture where even if I mess this up, I'm still loved. Even if I completely screw the whole thing up, my parents still love me. I still am safe. I'm still going to get the chance to to figure out what I want to do with life. So I am loved whether I succeed massively or I fail beautifully, right? Whatever the case is, we wanted to make sure that we grounded our kids in understanding that we love you no matter what, which, of course, we most of us parents do, but you can't screw this up. My expectation for you is that you find what fulfills you, not what fulfills me and my plan for you. And, and inside of that, we let them know you can't screw it up because your value to us doesn't change based off of what you do and what you become to society. Mm-hmm. You are already grafted inside of the family and locked in forever. So no matter what you become to the work world, you're always son, you're always daughter, you are always beloved. And that fundamentally is your identity, not the thing that you do. And that releases them to, I can mess up. Well, it, create, it creates a safe me. place. It creates a safe place, right? And and yes. you know what? In in business, all right. When we are um, uh, leaders within uh, within business, this is also an, an important thing that we need to do in, in there as well. I mean, you know, I think oh, I, yeah. I I have one of the best teams, you know, right now because they feel safe to make mistakes. 
That's all you. right. There, there, there's not this sense of like, all right, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get fired today. It's, you know, it's like, no, we're going to make a mistake and then we're going to learn from it. I remember, I remember I had a sales manager one time. He was on an online auction, right? Buying stuff. And supposedly he bid incorrectly on the wrong vehicle. And he bought this Acura TL. Like, and it was like, a, I think it had a, a well, it was a crash. It was a unit. So, like, I mean, the whole front of the car was missing, right? But he bid on this car. Like, Oops. there was, he bid on this car like there was no accident. So, he paid probably. Did he have pictures of it? Did he even see it? Right? Probably going, okay. probably going through this pretty quick, right? Probably right, going right. through this pretty quick, you know? Well, oh, well, well, the first picture on the screen was a picture from the side. You really can't see that. I'm like. So. <laughs> is what it is. The auction house calls me, uh, and I'm just like, look, my man in the auction says, like, we don't care. All right. He bit $32,000. I'm like, this car is not even worth You're 17. Right. Like, it's not even close, right? Like, and it's just not even close, right? It goes, what's yours now? And like, and it's funny, like, without me even saying something, I couldn't believe this guy did this. Without me even saying something, went he went he went to his his bank, got a draft, brought it back, and with a with a letter of resignation, paid for the car, and resigned. And I was like, I'm not accepting either one of these. All right, like we're gonna throw this away, you know? And I, because I took that more like I'm like, okay, that's my I gotta take ownership of that because you know, yes, that's a big mistake, and we're gonna talk about it. Don't get me wrong, like we're gonna talk, but I didn't at that point in time understand the importance of generating a safe place later on when I did boy did I see an entirely different way of running a business and it's the same with kids man exact same way with kids they can't be identified seriously the the side of identification I mean if you looked at your ID today none of it says that you're a podcast host none of it says that you're a car guy uh none of it says that you're a beloved husband or father none of it says any of those things no it just says who you are and validates that identity. And inside of that, we want to make sure that our kids always do that. If they decide to never marry and never build a family, I love them the same. I want, and, and I want what fulfills them. Of course we, you know, going into the stages that we're in now, we want to see, you know, grandkids, we want to see these things come, but we want to see them fully fulfilled as people. And, and inside of that, if they don't have the freedom to fail, then they're always trying to perform to get the validation. And if you have to perform to get the validation, well, then your validation is revoked the moment you slip up and you fail. And that's not 100%. what we want. I want my kids to be loved no matter what. And I don't want them to ever point to the other one to say, hey, I did more things. I have to be more loved than you. Because if that was the scale they were measuring on, then they could, they could do that with each other. And we wanted a, a house of meekness where everybody actually did get along. Our kids do like each other. That sibling rivalry stuff doesn't really exist. Were, were there mm -hmm. some small arguments as life went on? Yeah, of course. But for the most part, it's, no, we talk to each other. They don't understand the whole why other siblings don't get along outside of them. They're like, no, we love each other. We, we protect each other. We got each other's back. That that's way easier to cultivate if you don't have them in contention with each other because they're loved based off of their performance. They're loved yes. and validated and have a seat at the table because of their identity. And their identity is 
they're of our house, right? They are Ramirez. They are of this home. And you always have a seat here, whether you disregard it or not, whether you abuse it or not, your seat's still here and you're still loved. And, you know what, uh, and that, it's so freeing for them. It, it is. It is freeing. And, and you know, what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, you know, um, because it, you know, we, we have to acknowledge that we are byproducts of our own parenting that we received. And, you know, um, and they were theirs. And, you know, I was definitely in an environment that was similar to that. You were valued on what you achieved, right? Like, um, not maybe uh, consciously, but subconsciously was definitely mm -hmm. something there. And, um, you know, and I think there's a lot of parents out there that probably grew up like that. You know, there's a lot of people out there that grew up like that. And, you know, how to kind of create that mindset of, you know, just because I was parent that way doesn't mean I need to parent that way, right? That's like the worst thing ever, right? It's, it's the, what's that saying? You know, we keep doing the same thing, you know, and it's, that's the definition of insanity, expecting different results, but, but we're going to do the same thing, you know? Um, but I love it. I love it. And, you know, you did touch on another topic, so I am going to kind of go down this other additional rabbit hole about, around adults. All right. Now, since your kids are adults, so we're not kids anymore. I got to stop using the word kids for your, for your, oh, your adults. <laughs> All right. Um, look, I know we got a little more time for our last topic and let's go into this. I like this uh, adulting adults. Um, yeah. man, I, like I said, I'm a ways away from this. So I'm just, I love talking to you about it and I want to get your insight. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if there's anything that I could say just to you as a brother, as a friend, it's don't be in a rush to get here. All right. Um, let them be immature as long as they can be. I let them be as kids, as kitty as they can be for as long as possible. I'm really trying to maintain that on my own personal life, staying as kitty and childlike as, as possible. Um, but um, understanding that, that there are going to be the faces that there, there are those changes in life and they mm -hmm. do get exposed to new things. And it's one thing to be, watching them do adulting things, man, this is adulting. I got to buy my own gas. I got to get my own oil changed. I, I got to pay my rent. I have to feed myself. Whoa. That's very interesting. But for them, and we all know what that's like, but then when you're a parent watching that happen, watching them make decisions, watching them make mistakes, watching them blow money on things they shouldn't blow money on, right? Learning how to give them their guidance while at the same time saying, I am hands off. I can put my hands in if you need me to, but I'm going to be hands off on this and let you figure out how to do this based off of the examples that you've had. But it, for us, it's totally different. When you have an empty home that used to be moving, everything's hustling, bustling, everybody's doing mm -hmm. their thing, making time for everybody. And then it's just us doing doodle talk between each other, me and my wife, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have our, our pretend conversation. Like the dog said a bunch of stuff to us because we're at, we don't have kids around anymore, but having our kids now get to the place where they can give us advice. That's a different level yes. of adulting for them to see different things and get exposure to new stuff. When, when I now, when I'm usually the tour guide for all of our friends or of our family, if we're ever going on a trip or anything, every, follow Lou, catch up to him, let's go, and we're going to go do this, we're going to do that. But then when I got to go to England to visit my oldest son when he mm -hmm. was stationed there, and we had to hand the reins over to him and say, you tour us around, you show us the lay of the land? <laughs> my goodness, what a posture that was, and it was freeing for us. And, and you know, it was big old... 
puffed yep. up dad moment. And, and mom, we're like, this is our son doing big things over here in a different country. But there was that, and we have to submit to this. Yes. We, whoa, what happens when you start submitting to your kids? And then that friendship starts developing. And then it's like, man, you're stinking cool as a friend. And, and I hope I'm as cool as a friend as you are. Right. And, and now, but also still knowing there's many lessons that they have that they activate now and seeing them do those things is humbling. Well, at the same time, it's like, it's set in, it's mm-hmm. stuck, right? It worked. My, my daughters now tell us about lessons that we gave them back then. Whereas like, I remember when you told me that, and when you told me that, and, and we're trying to give me that lesson, all I can think of was yes, that's awesome. Can I get my phone back? Yeah. (laughs) Or, or, or anything like that, you know, it's like, okay, those lessons didn't sink in then. And, but now as adulting or adult parents, we start to find out, man, those lessons did sink in. Those lessons are being shared and, and wow, we have a new level of relationship that we can have. And, and that's, that's so rewarding because they are their own person and we get to enjoy that because now they've become what we were trying to build them into. Yes. And they're better than we ever planned. I mean, way better than we ever planned where my wife and I look at each other and say, how the heck did we even do this? How did they get this good? Because we didn't have the examples. We definitely didn't have the examples uh, that led them. Did we have love? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the way that our parents knew how to love us. Did we have direction? Yes. In the best direction that they knew how to, at a point into, but when it came to saying, Hey, you don't have to fit the mold and we're not going to tell you really what to do. We're just telling you, you need to do something and dig into your heart to do it. When seeing them do that, then we can share in the victories, the brand new experiences. Uh, but it's often humbling because you still don't have answers. You don't have answers for the things that they're getting ready to go into or the things they're getting ready to try. So the advi- the best advice that you can have for them is the same advice you give to people that you're working with or that you're leading in your career of trust the process, go through it, exactly. oh, deal with the right? people here, with the people there. It's it, going to work out. Have it, faith. They become on. they become partners. You know, yeah. I kind of think of it like they, they get to a point where they, they become the kind of a partner within the family. You know, it's like, you know, it's like when I think about it, it's like, you know, when my kids are young, there's a lot of training involved, right, of how to do things. And, you know, then as they get a little older, I got to develop, right? There's a lot of development I got to go through. This is no different than employees and anything else, right? Then they get to a certain point in maybe their teenage years where I got to go more coaching, you know, where they got to start making some decisions on their own, but I kind of kind of coach them through it. And then they become adults, and now you kind of enter this space of like, you know, partnership of like, this is the family and we're going to be kind of partners in this unit, this business, you know, and it, it's, it's really cool. Like, I, it, like, it's so cool to listen, you know, to where you are um, in the stage of you know, parenting. Um, I know we've had some amazing conversation. We covered some seriously cool topics. We're getting right towards the tail end of our conversation. Before I let you go, though, I always like to kind of finish off with one last question. If if you would have one piece of advice from all your experience, one piece of advice that you'd like to share with any, you know, young or up-and-coming parents, what piece of advice would you share? Whew. Yeah. <laughs> so tying that all in is is making sure that, yes, your, your presence is a priority because you love them, not because it has to be 
something that you have to check off the box. You don't, you don't ever want your kids to feel like an obligation of yours. Um, you want to make sure that they feel like an absolute treasure of yours. Um, and that goes for the, the boys and the girls. Everybody mm-hmm. loves differently. I got two boys, two girls. Each of them feel adapt and, and love differently. Um, but inside of that, letting them know that they are fully, fully loved, no matter if they succeed or not, is the, the best thing to not just tell them, not just say to them. It has to be something that is exuded and celebrated no matter what. And I'm not talking participation award type celebration. I'm talking, hey, you're great, just like Kobe Bryant, right? I believe that, that Kobe's Kobe had a moment with his father where his father where he didn't he didn't score any points inside of a particular game. And his father came to him in a key moment and said, It doesn't matter if you score a hundred or you scare or you score zero, mm-hmm. I love you the same. And that true understanding inside of their heart has them operate differently with a different sense of confidence. And it also lets you off the hook of trying to measure how it is that you provide your celebration to them. You're celebrated always, no matter what, because you're here. And having that value to them, again, is going to unlock them to be able to thrive forward and not fear ever losing uh, their safe place. Um, So, uh, again, I would just encourage you, make sure that your kids know how dearly loved they are by you and not because of what they do, but because of who they are to you. That's that. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, Hey, Lou, thank you so much, man, for just being open and vulnerable and just this has been a really, really amazing conversation. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time, man. We appreciate, I appreciate you so much. You're so awesome. I love this subject business of parenting. It's the most important business that we can be in because ultimately it's transgenerational. I love 100%. it. I love it. hundred percent. Thanks Lou. You have yourself an amazing day. Jay too. Take it easy, everybody. Forgive focus, fly, keep growing. Thanks for tuning in to the business of parenting podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.